Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Susan Davis. I cover Congress. And I'm Ryan Lucas. I cover the Justice Department. And it is 4.12 p.m. on Thursday, July 1st. And this afternoon, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office charged the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, for alleged tax crimes. Joining us to talk through the case is Andrea Bernstein, who covered the court appearance for NPR. Hey, Andrea. Hey, it's so great to be on with you all. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Um, Can you start us off by talking about what the charges are in this case? Yes. So this is a 15-count criminal indictment. Both Trump's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, and his company are charged with serious crimes, the most serious of which is a charge to Alan Weisselberg of grand larceny in the second degree. And I've spoken to a, a few criminal lawyers in the two hours since the indictment was handed up. Uh, And they both feel like a C felony. It carries significant prison time in New York, up to 15 years in prison. It's pretty serious. And the crime specifically that Alan Weisselberg is charged with, or the crimes, essentially stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from taxpayers by the indictment alleges deliberately issuing his compensation in ways that would hide it from taxing authorities. And the charge is that he did it over more than 15 years and that the Trump organization also went along in this scheme and participated in this scheme to defraud. What was he doing with the money that he was stealing, allegedly stealing? So everything from paying for the leases for very nice Mercedes Benzes from him and his wife, uh, paying for his grandchildren's very expensive private school tuition in Manhattan. And one part of this alleged scheme was that he lied about living in New York City, that he did live in New York City, but that he claimed he did not for tax purposes. So in these alleged crimes, it wasn't just about money. It was about sort of non-monetary gifts as well. That's right. That's the the nut of it, that Alan Wesselberg paid himself through things like car leases for a Mercedes-Benz and expensive apartments that he lived in and designated these things as corporate expenditures, which means that they would be exempt from taxes, when in fact, according to the indictment, they were allegedly a way of paying himself to avoid paying taxes. What was interesting to me is that there were a lot of detailed records that were apparently kept. For example, there was a ledger that compared his non-cash, a.k.a. income that was disguised to avoid paying taxes, and deducted from what would have been his cash income. And and there's another point in the indictment where, as it's described, he had directed that his grandchildren's private school tuition be paid. It said per Alan Weisselberg in a notation. And according to the indictment in September of 2016, so obviously height of the presidential election, he asked that that notation be deleted. Andrew, one, one, one thing that you mentioned there about the ledger, I found just kind of mind-boggling when I when I read through this uh, read through this indictment that there's there's a ledger, as you said in in the Trump company that would essentially have um, all of this information recorded specifically of how they were keeping this off the official book, so to speak. And it just is astounding that they would have that. How has the Weisselberg legal team responded to the charges? 
So Alan Weisselberg's legal team has issued some pretty terse statements, and they've basically been, Alan Weisselberg is pleading not guilty, and he will fight this in court. And even in the courtroom today, it was sort of interesting because the assistant attorney general who stood up on the case, Carrie Dunn, addressed the issue of, is this a political case head on? He said, this is not politics. This is based on the facts. And basically, the Weisselberg lawyers had little to say. And there was an expectation that they might actually try to argue about the indictment in court, but they didn't do that. They had a very terse statement. The Trump organization had a very terse statement inside the courtroom. Outside the courtroom, a little more expansive. Uh, the Trump <laughs> that's putting organization. That's putting it mildly. They were <laughs> yes. The Trump organization's attorney, Alan Futerfus, sort of leaned into the idea that this is a political prosecution and that the former presidents and his company and his chief financial officer are being persecuted because of the name Trump. But I believe the political forces uh, driving today's events um, are just that. It's uh, political, politically driven. Yeah. I, another thing that, that Futerfoss said was that, you know, in the country's history, we have not had a local prosecutor go after a former president of the U.S. or his employees or a company. And so he said that this is a significant line to cross. Clearly, the Trump organization's political strategy, and, the, and we've heard this from the former president himself many times, um, is trying to pitch this as a, as a politically driven uh, witch hunt, more or less, although the Trump organization's attorney certainly did not use the term witch hunt. Um, the other argument that we heard from Futerfoss was that uh, it's unprecedented to bring charges like this uh, against a company over kind of off-the-books compensation. He said that this is something that would normally be settled in civil court, um, that this is not something that merits criminal prosecution in his view. On the other hand, as some criminal attorneys uh, have pointed out, you know, if if the authorities find that you're doing this, they're going to charge you for it. Uh, and in this instance, it appears from the indictment that uh, authorities believe that they have the goods to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that these sorts of crimes were being committed. Can you explain to us who Alan Weisselberg is to Donald Trump? Yeah. And I have to say that I was sitting in the courtroom this afternoon and it felt so dramatic. I, I've been in the courtroom for Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort's case. I was there when his former personal attorney and chief aide at the Trump organization, Michael Cohen, walked in to plead guilty. And today felt different. And I think the reason that it felt different is because Alan Weisselberg is sort of a corporate alter ego for Donald Trump. He's been at the company since 1973, since it was Donald Trump's father, Fred Trump's company. And he has been there through thick and thin. And this is also really unusual. I mean, we saw what happened with the presidency. Cabinet officials came and went. Senior advisors came and went. His company was like that, too. There was this churn and this royal of employees. But Alan Weisselberg was there the whole time. And if anybody other than Donald Trump personified the company, it would be Alan Weisselberg. And there he is in his 70s, slightly stooped, wearing a KN95 mask, walking into this courtroom in handcuffs. And that was a really 
startling and long way from the literally gilded offices of Trump Tower, where Alan Weisselberg works and presumably is going to go back to work tomorrow. And it's Weisselberg who was running the company, uh, along with Trump's sons, Eric and Don Jr., while Trump was in the in the White House. Is there any clarity from the district attorney's office over whether this investigation is ongoing, or is this the only indictment you're expected to see after this year's long investigation? Yeah. I mean, the DA's office said as much, said that it's ongoing. The DA had no comment because it's ongoing. And then in court, they they sought and received a protective order to protect evidence against possible further charges against we don't know who. So just to put a fine point on this, the former president was not implicated in today's indictment. But because this investigation is ongoing, it's unclear what future legal problems he could have related to this case. That's right. He was he was not charged in the indictment that came out today. It was Ellen Weisselberg and the Trump Organization. But it was the Trump Organization. That bears the name of Donald Trump. Uh, it is his organization. So he is uh, implicated, in a sense, in what transpired or what is accused, uh, what is alleged to have transpired. Um, and this investigation is ongoing. Um, the DA's office is continuing to dig. There is the possibility that they will try to get Weisselberg to flip, to cooperate, um, and potentially implicate Donald Trump uh, if he has such information. Uh, So Donald Trump is not out of the legal woods yet just because he was not charged in today's indictment. All right, Andrea, Ryan, I know you both have to get back to work. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was a great discussion, and I'm really happy to have gotten a chance to speak to you all. Thanks, Sue. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about what this might mean for former President Trump. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Hint, fruit-infused water with no calories or sweeteners. Hint water comes in over 25 flavors. The watermelon water actually tastes like watermelon. The blackberry water tastes like blackberries. Hint is water with a touch of true fruit flavor. You can get Hint water at stores or you can have it delivered directly to your door. When you buy two cases, you'll get a third case free and free shipping. Visit drinkhint.com and use promo code NPR at checkout. Capitalism touches every part of our lives. Capitalism is a giant force that I don't understand. I feel that it's a very safe system. I'm constantly in fear of losing my job. It is our biggest success and our biggest failure. On this special series from Throughline, Capitalism. Listen now to the Throughline podcast from NPR. And we're back and we're joined by Tamara Keith and Domenico Montanaro. Hey, friends. Hey. Hello. So, Tam, has Trump responded to the charges brought against his CFO and his organization? Yeah, the former president has put out two statements this afternoon. They're both in tweet length, but obviously not on Twitter. He says, quote, the political witch hunt by the radical left Democrats with New York now taking over the assignment continues. It is dividing our country like never before. And then his other statement essentially says that, you know, this is aimed at negating the votes of 75 million plus, plus, plus voters. Um, In essence, this is exactly the argument we expected him to make. And, And in fact, you know, if you had asked me what Trump would say if Alan Weisselberg was indicted, Six months ago, we we probably could have written that statement. We could have written that <laughs> statement. Um, you know, it, former President Trump is continuing to stay active in politics. Is continuing to tease the idea of being a candidate for president in twenty twenty four, and he is 
was never going to say, oh, wow, yeah, they've got some serious charges against my organization. Of course not. Yeah. Well, whether he thinks it or not, he's certainly trying to spin it that way, right? I mean, that's sort of his thing, right? He's, he's saying, let's dismiss all of these things that really don't have to do with the election at all or the people who voted for me, and let's politicize it so then you essentially muddy up the jury pool uh, of American public opinion, you know, and yeah. put half of the country in one corner while the others uh, focus on the facts or cheerlead for the fact that there's uh, some uh, criminal activity against the Trump organization. Well, and I would argue that you don't need a statement from President Trump for his voters to by default, question the validity of such a such a, a prosecution. Tam, the White House has not weighed in on this, right? Yeah. So President Biden was just asked about this. He is in Florida. Uh, just spent three hours visiting victims, uh, families of victims of that terrible building collapse in Surfside, Florida. But he was asked about the case. He says uh, that he's not paying attention to it. But even if he was, he wouldn't comment on an ongoing investigation, which is, you know, a pretty standard thing for a president to say and to do. Um, the The past administration, when they did comment on ongoing investigations, was was out of the ordinary. Domenico, I'm curious of what your take is on this politically, because as I think about it, you know, Trump has defied political expectations and norms again and again and again. And I will be very frank and say, I'm not sure that I see this news today hurting him really in any way politically. Yeah, I mean, look, Trump has certainly been the Teflon Don of politics, unquestionably. Nothing has stuck to the guy. Um, but these are pretty serious charges. You know, you're talking about 15 felony counts, um, you know, alleged tax schemes uh, that have stretched back more than a decade uh, or so here. Uh, you know, and that's just, I guess, where they went to, to, to see what they could get. And what I think is really important is that point off the top that Tam was making about uh, how politicized this becomes, how much he wants it, uh, former President Trump, to be politicized so that uh, the people who you know, were in his camp don't start to question if some of this stuff is true. That being said, the more that he's been out of the public eye, the more you start to hear, at least anecdotally, from Trump supporters or people who voted for Trump, that they do wonder if there's some validity to these charges. They also question whether or not they want to be totally on board the Trump train in 2024 if some of this stuff is real. Now, a lot of this over the next month or two is going to be fought out in the, in the public arena. And if Trump can insulate himself from some of this, then it won't affect him politically. But if he can't, and some of it looks like it's coming back to him, or Weisselberg decides that he's going to maybe feel the pressure and turn on Trump, that's when we could see things start to change. But right now, I agree with you. Look, I don't want to diminish the seriousness of these charges because they are obviously serious criminal charges. But when I look at this through a political lens, I'm not sure that these are the kinds of things that could really hurt Trump politically, especially after coming after years of investigation into his organization. And what amounts to essentially just charges that look like Alan Weisselberg wasn't running a very good organization. And I don't know if that's something that voters would then turn around and blame the president for or politically harm him in some way. 
Well, the company has his name on it. So, you know, you do wonder how many of these little sticks and branches wind up piling on the camel before it breaks the back. Um, You know, and if people, Republicans say, eh, you know, do we really want all that? But look, Trump is clearly still very popular with the Republican base. So um, whether this changes it exactly, uh, probably not today. It almost seems as though, you know, unless President Trump himself, former President Trump himself, is actually indicted or or beyond that, like convicted by a jury of his peers, it seems pretty unlikely that this sort of thing is going to affect his political career. I mean, there have been any number of other revelations over the last many years that just rolled right off. All right. I think that's a wrap for today, but we'll be back in your feeds tomorrow with the weekly roundup. I'm Susan Davis. I cover Congress. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. And I'm Domenico Montanaro, senior political editor and correspondent. And thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. Podcast.